welcome back to the Social Distancing With Me podcast. Today, I have begun a new four-part series called The Powerful Pandemics, where I will investigate a little bit and tell you guys the history or overall history of all these pandemics. The 1918 influenza pandemic, also known as the Spanish flu, the 1957 flu pandemic, the 1968 flu pandemic, and the 2009 H1N1 pandemic, otherwise known as the swine flu. So I will be kind of giving you guys an overall history of what these pandemics are, what happened, what actions were used to save, and I will give you guys some more reasons to social distance. March 4, 1918, Private Albert Jitchell of the U.S. Army goes to the hospital at Fort Riley, Kansas, complaining of a sore throat, fever, and headache. At noon, over 100 of his fellow soldiers had reported similar symptoms, marking what are believed to be the first cases of the historic influenza pandemic of 1918 otherwise known as the Spanish flu. The flu would eventually kill many around the world. The first outbreak of this disease was accompanied by similar outbreaks in army camps and prisons in various regions of the country. The disease soon crept to Europe with the American soldiers heading to help the Allies in France during World War I. Once it arrived in Europe, flu displayed no signs of slowing down. The disease was eventually named the Spanish flu because many people thought that Spain was the center of the pandemic. Now that's a little weird, right? It was mainly because the like Europeans and everyone else thought that Spain was the center because Spain was reporting on it so much. The first wave happened in spring and was generally mild. The infected, who experienced typical flu symptoms, usually recovered after several days, and the number of deaths were low. However, a second, highly contagious wave of the flu appeared in the fall of 1918. Victims perished within hours of days of developing symptoms, their skin becoming blue and their lungs drowning in fluid that made them suffocate. In just one year, the average life expectancy of America plummeted by a dozen years. World War I ended on November 11th, but influenza continued to create an international destruction, striking again in the U.S. with an even more vicious wave as soldiers returned from the war and eventually infected around 28% of the population of the U.S., before influenza finally bloomed. When the 1918 flu hit, doctors and scientists were unsure what caused it or how to treat it. There was a shortage of health workers because of World War I, and many of the available medical personnel got infected with the flu themselves. 
Plus, hospitals in several areas were so packed with flu patients that schools and other buildings had to be transformed into makeshift hospitals. Officials in some communities imposed quarantines, told citizens to wear masks, and closed public places. Citizens were suggested to refrain from shaking hands and to stay inside. Kind of like how we are now today. The flu was also detrimental to the economy. In the United States, all businesses were forced to shut down because so many employees were sick. Many services, such as mail delivery and garbage collection, were stopped because of flu-stricken workers. Philadelphia received its first case on September 17, 1918. The next day, in an attempt to stop the virus from continuing to spread, city officials started a campaign against coughing, spitting, and sneezing in public. Dr. Wilmer Krusen, director of the public health and charities for the city, insisted that the cases were not of the Spanish flu, but rather the normal flu. So, 10 days later, on September 28th, despite the fact that an epidemic was at its doorstep, Philadelphia went forward with the Liberty Loan Parade, where over 200,000 people attended. The disease spread like wildfire. In 10 days, over 1,000 people were dead, with 200,000 others infected. Only then did Philadelphia close public places. By March 1919, over 15,000 citizens of Philadelphia were deceased. San Francisco acted very fast and very quickly when the Spanish influenza hit implementing a shutdown and enforcing mask wearing in public. On October 25th, the Board of Supervisors decreed citizens should wear a mask in public, with violators subject to fines or jail time. Spanish flu infections appeared to shrink in San Francisco by November 1918, and the city re relaxed its regulations. But in December, when a second wave hit San Francisco, many of the citizens, including the Anti-Mask League, which was formed, withstood the mandates that the city leaders reenacted to help stop the spread of the disease. In the end, there were almost 45,000 cases and over 3,000 deaths. In 2007, a study in the Journal of American Medical Association otherwise known as the JAMA, examined data from the U.S. Census during the 1918 pandemic and graphed the rate of 40 death rates of 43 U.S. cities. The studies found that the key to flattening the curve was social distancing, which is why right now, during this coronavirus pandemic, all of us should continue to social distance to help flatten that curve and get everyone right back on track. Thank you for listening to the Social Distancing Podcast. 
Um, please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to this uh, podcast. Leave a positive review and turn those notifications on so that whenever I come out with a new podcast episode, you can always know. Please, if you have any recommendations or you would like to be featured on the next Social Distancing With Me podcast, you can go email me at socialdistancingwithme at gmail.com or go on Instagram and follow me at socialdistancingwithme and direct message me there. Stay safe, everyone. Continue to social distance and stay tuned for part two of the powerful pandemic series.